How do you run an effective business? Could it use a little help? That's where this program comes in. Welcome to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host is Phaedra's daughter, Precious Hanks Carter. Some organizations are running their business without the correct guidelines in place. They don't know, nor have they taken the time to get to know the correct way of running a business. Let Phaedra's wisdom help you right now. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. I'm your host, Precious Hanks Carter, and today we are going to be talking about business essentials covering part two. We started this topic last week and we went over the basic business essentials that any business needs, small, large, regardless the industry, but we covered the six key functions for a successful business. And so in doing the six basic functions, we also started talking about setting up each of those departments and also assessing whether your business needs those actual departments, which departments you should outsource for the time being, as well as creating hybrid positions, which I talked on that briefly last week, but said that we would do an assessment, provide an assessment for you to effectively see if that's the route your business should go in future episodes. And then at the last part of last week's episode, we covered setting up your accounting department and we introduced a little bit about your HR department. And so today we look to discuss and really get into the meat of the HR department because there's so much to cover with that. So now that I've caught you up to speed, and if you missed last week's episode, I encourage you to go back and find it and definitely take the time to listen to it because it's very, very key to what we're also discussing today. And so I want to talk about setting up your HR department. I touched on it briefly at the end of last week's episode, but now we're going to really get into it. HR is essential. And I know Every department within a business feels like they're essential. Finances feel they're essential, which they are because you have to have funding and you have to be able to manage that funding to run your business. And then business development is essential because you need to continue to grow your business. And administration is essential because your business needs to be organized. So we can debate with various department heads all day about which department is more essential than the other, but it is, you really can't have one without the other. Think of, I know we use this analogy in our lives all the time, but think of your body and the various body parts. You need all of those to function and get through the day. And that's the same thing with the business. But me being an HR professional, (laughs) I like to really defend the statement that HR is essential. And so I talked last week about the different functions briefly about HR. HR has to develop company policies for ethical behavior. They have to make sure the employees understand their type of employment. And HR is responsible for 
implementing policies, as well as communicating the different policy changes. I tell everyone, business owners, all the time that your HR plans and policies should be customized to your individual startup needs. I touched on it briefly last week. What works for a beverage company is not going to work for a staffing firm. What works for a spa or salon is not going to work for a gas station. So your HR, it's not a one size fit all. You definitely have to take time to invest in setting up your HR department correctly. HR deals with your compensation and benefits. They also have their hands on every department within your company because they are there to support every department within your company because HR is HR to every employee in your company. So I started out, or I ended last week's episode talking about developing a hierarchy chart an org chart for your company. That is first and foremost. And the beauty about an org chart is it can be revised at any point in time, but you definitely need an org chart so that people understand the structure and operations of the business. They know who to report to, they know where everybody falls in line, and they know also where to go for various needs. And I say that to say because a lot of times we think, okay, if I'm having computer issues, if I'm having phone issues, it's the obvious that I need to talk to the IT person. If I'm having issues uh, with other employees that I need to go to HR, but there are some functions within the business that it just depends on how the structure is set up. A lot of people might have it set up to where you go to the accounting department for your payroll issues, whereas other companies have it set up where payroll is an HR function. So that's what I mean by it's important to go ahead and set up your hierarchy chart or your org chart so that people know where to go and where to be led with their various discussions, and needs. I also tell everyone that a lot of people wonder how many employees do they need on their HR team? And then others wonder, do they even need an HR team? And I am here to tell you that you do. And I'm going to discuss that in a different episode regarding the different hybrid positions, but you do need an HR team. There is no set number of how many people you need in that particular department starting out. I always tell people, start out with one HR professional and add more as you grow. I remember one time, it was like 2017. It was, it was 2017. Mrs. Hanks came into the office And um, she had called a meeting and she just was like, hey, I've been going over our infrastructure and I believe with our current infrastructure that each department can effectively and efficiently support up to 250 employees. At that point, 
we were up to, I believe, 154. So we were just like, oh, wow. So you think that before we need to hire anybody else, we can take on a hundred and well, 96 and 96 more employees. And she said, I absolutely do. And so that let me know that she had been thinking about growth opportunities as well as when would be the right time to add additional people onto the HR department, additional people on to the finance department. And at that point, we had three within our finance department. We had three in our HR department. And so she felt with those particular departments that with that current infrastructure, we could support 250 employees. And so I, I never dove deeper into asking where she got that from. She had her stuff sitting out and uh, we went on with the meeting, but that let me know right there. Oh, okay. Well, you know, that was good for us to know. And we, we felt like we could handle that as well. We did end up agreeing with her. And so I just think that as a business owner, you have to consider that. And it also depends on the functions and tasks, what's outsourced, what is in-house for you to make that decision. But definitely start with one person and grow as the need grows. That is establishing your organizational design. In regards to also establishing your organizational design, you need to come up with a basic HR department plan. This plan aligns your human resources department to your corporate strategy. And so how do we come up with an HR plan? It's just basically developing a human resources strategy. This will help you understand how your human resources department will impact organizational success. You have to consider everything how to make hiring decisions, where to post jobs, how to determine who your target candidates are going to be, as well as how to start and structure your onboarding process. So with that, we are now moving on to establishing your onboarding and recruiting processes and procedures, because this is the starting point of employees within your company. And with us, that is that is very intricate for us. And we do spend a lot of time and research from the beginning. Our hiring process starts just the way everyone else's. You post a job ad or you look for resumes. And so we have quite a few online platforms that we use to search through resumes for qualified candidates that we're looking for when a job posting comes across our desk from other departments. In addition to that, we also post in local newspapers. And we've also, when we know that we have an influx of jobs that are going to become available, we'll attend a job fair, or there's been times in the past couple, in the past few years that we've hosted job fairs ourselves and just did on-spot interviews. And so where the research came in for us is we, one year, I just wanted to assess and track what was the best method for us to 
discover qualified candidates for the current positions that we had available. And so what we did was we went back through all of our employees. This was years ago. I want to say this might've been like six, seven years ago that we did this and we've done it since. But the first time that we did it within our company was we went and we looked at all the resumes. I mean, all the employees that we've, that we've had over the years. And we went back and we found, we tracked where we got the employees from, whether it was from an online um, job site, whether it was from a job fair, whether we found them through posting with the local newspaper, or if it was a referral from another employee. So we put that in the category. We tracked also the longevity of employment with the employee as well as their job title. And we just calculated what our success rate was with each um, platform that we used. And so that helped us decide, okay, well, we're going to stick with this particular online platform, or we're not going to go with that online platform, or we're going to stick with using this local newspaper or we're just going to host a job for ourselves or we're going to attend a job for, we, we were able to see where our success lied within uh, drawing qualified candidates to our company. And so I encourage if you are a current business owner that has been in business for a few years and you want to maximize your resources, because that's where it came from is I wanted to maximize and make sure that we weren't wasting money posting jobs and we didn't have a good track record with getting those candidates from a local newspaper or a certain online platform. And so with that, I encourage current business owners to do the same. And if you are just starting up, if you're a brand new entrepreneur, I want you to go ahead and utilize all of your resources And once you get quite enough data under your belt, determine which ones are the best and what is your high percentage rate of success and stick with that. And so that is where your hiring process should start is drawing and attracting the qualified candidates. I will say that we, I did enjoy the job fair that we had and interviewing on the spot because that saved us a lot of time from going through other various interviews, extensive interviews, and, and wasting time for candidates that wrote a good resume and weren't qualified and ended up you know, making it to the last interview. And we realized, oh, okay, well, they're really not what their resume portrays them to be. So I do encourage, you know, if you can just do a job fair where you're interviewing on the spot, that that is very helpful and it saves on time. And so also you have to develop your structure for your onboarding process because that is the first process that employees go through within your company. And so that is also the first look that they get into your corporate culture. I will tell you with your onboarding process, really have your ducks in a row. You start out with your offer letter and you start out with uh, your employee handbook as well as other information 
that they'll need and paperwork that they'll need to develop their personnel file. I-9 verification forms, W-4s, state tax forms, direct deposit, which I'm going to talk about in a second, as well as any employment agreements, whether it's a non-compete, whether it's intellectual property, we have non-disclosure agreements because there's certain aspects of our business that that information is proprietary. So you want to make sure that you have all of that in place so that you're not having to go back once the person is hired to try to get them to sign this and that. Uh, we also have uh, background checks, security clearance forms that they need to fill out at that time. And so that is when you go ahead and get that creative packet so that everything is in one central location. It's, it's the employee handbook. A lot of people call it a welcome packet. We call ours a welcome packet because it is a plethora of things. It's the employee handbook, as well as the various forms and other pertinent information that they're going to need to understand their employment path, career path within our company. Also, this is the time on your onboarding process that you use to establish expectations and introduce objectives. If you didn't do that within the, the final interview, because we have more than one interview, we have our introductory interview, then we have our, our interview where they're with the panel, and then we have our offer of employment uh, conversation. And at that moment, as somewhere along the way, you need to establish expectations and introduce objectives and also maintain open communication with new hires. Maintain open communication with employees, period, but definitely with new hires, especially if you have a 90-day probationary period. That's something that you also have to consider too. Are you a company that is going to maintain the 90-day probationary period? We do because we always say we want to make sure that this job is a right fit for you and also that you're a right fit for the company. So that 90-day probationary period allows both parties to test it out and make sure that it's a great and healthy relationship and one that is going to cultivate and help both parties grow. Also, in your employee handbook, you need to outline regulations for compliance, safety, and health. At the end of the day, it is about business, but you want your employees to know, and that is what the human resource department is for, is that, you're, that you care about the employees. And what better way to show employees that you care about them than to outline regulations and policies that are concerning for their safety. That's dealing with OSHA, which is the Occupational Safety and Health Act. You, you should have stuff in there regarding that. You should have policies regarding sexual harassment. You should have policies for everything regarding 
what to do and to report if they slip and fall on the job. You have to have everything set in place for that so that when and if the time does come that they know the correct steps to take to report things. And they need to know that it is okay uh, to report whatever they need to report and they need to feel comfortable with doing that. You have to develop an HR department that focuses on creating a workplace that complies with federal regulations. You, you need to show your employees that, hey, we are, we, we are doing things the legit way and we are doing this to protect you. We're doing this to protect the company. And I believe when you do that and employees see that, they feel a bit more comfortable and confident with who they're working for and with. I also wanted to now get into discussing determining your compensation and benefits. I talked about the payroll briefly, but this is where I instruct not just business owners, but I also instruct candidates and I also talk to them, even if they're not coming to work for our company, I also guide and instruct people because I help people with interview tips and resume writing tips and stuff. And so I always tell employees and candidates, the mo one of the most important things that you have to look at when you're searching for companies to work for is the pay structure. That is very, very, very important. And what I tell I'm going to tell you what I tell candidates and employees, and then I'm going to tell you what I also tell business owners. And it aligns, but I tell candidates and employees to look and make sure, first and foremost, that they offer direct deposit. If a company does not offer direct deposit, then that typically means that they have a cash flow issue. And so I know this from experience advising various companies in the past that if they don't offer direct deposit nine times out of 10, they have a cash flow issue. And so a, a lot of people might be shaking their head like, no, you know, direct deposit just isn't good for my company. Well, I'm, I'm now going to tell you what I advise business owners. Employees want to know without room for, without a shadow of doubt that they can get direct deposit. No one really wants to go and cash a check anymore. No one wants to fool with the hassle of getting off of work and going to deposit their payroll check into their account. It's, it's just more convenient. Think about this from the employee perspective. It is more, it's just convenient for them to wake up in the morning and know that their check was deposited uh, directly into their account on the day that they were supposed to get paid. So now that I've gotten that little tidbit, I'm gonna get off my soapbox and talk about the pay structure because it is more than just direct deposit versus a physical check. You need to understand how am I going to pay my employees? And you need to figure this out early on before you get employees. Are you going to be a weekly payroll company? Are you gonna be a bi-weekly? payroll company, or are you going to be a 
semi-monthly payroll company because there is a difference between bi-weekly and semi-monthly. And um, I will tell you, as an uh, as an employee of a former semi-monthly uh, company, I really disliked it from the bottom of my heart. And I don't know many people that like semi-monthly. <laughs> and so it is definitely an Achilles heel. And so what you have to do is you have to consider the industry norm. There's certain industries where employees do get paid weekly. And so uh, I know some companies just don't like weekly because that's more ACHs. And and sometimes that is more costly when you're dealing with your payroll, but that might be the industry norm. People uh, in that current industry might be accustomed and used to getting paid on a weekly basis. Uh, The majority of businesses in the United States do pay biweekly every other Friday. And then you have some companies that do pay semi-monthly. They either pay the first and the 15th, or they pay the 15th and the last day. The company that I worked for did the 15th and the last day. And I'm telling you, the 15th was fine, but the last day was always a hassle because that's not consistent. It's not consistent because we don't have a consistent calendar where we are just Every month has 30 days. No, some months have 30, some months have 31. February has 28, and then every four years it has 29. So you're having to fool with that hassle. And then also, too, it's a hassle because if those days fall on the weekend, it's always, well, if it falls on a Saturday, you get paid that Friday. If it falls on a Sunday, you get paid that Monday. I just encourage you, like I said in regards to the direct deposit versus the regular paycheck is to also consider your employees and the the convenience or the inconvenience that your pay structure uh, may cause. There's certain things that you can make life easier for your employees and, and, and make that more of a happy place for them to work. And so I think that is, that is definitely one of them. And my recommendation is either pay them weekly or biweekly. That way that there's some consistency because you have a lot of people that operate off of a budget or we just there's you have a lot of people that are OCD and just like that consistency. And so the next thing that you have to consider, too, is also your benefits in addition to your pay structure. Some benefits are voluntary and some are required by law. And so uh, with that point, before I get into the various benefits. We're going, I think that's a healthy point to uh, take a break and take a breather and then come back, digest everything that I just told you and come back ready to um, finish finalizing your HR department. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device. 
including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Business news and discussions are always changing. In order to stay ahead of the game, sometimes you need to be a follower. You can follow the Voice America Business Channel on Twitter at VoiceAMBusiness. Again, that's at VoiceAMBusiness. And stay current. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You are listening to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. To reach the program today with a comment or question, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email by clicking the email host button on the Voice America show page. Now, back to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Here again is Precious Hanks Carter. Welcome back to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. I'm your host, Precious Hanks Carter. And before the break, we were discussing setting up our HR department. We talked about our onboarding process, and we also talked about briefly our employee handbook, which I can devote a whole whole segment alone just to employee handbooks. And I, I actually have in the past taught Uh, classes and seminars about setting up your employee handbook. And so that was just a brief synopsis of it. And we ended the segment with discussing our compensation and benefits. But I want to talk a little bit more about that because you have to ensure that your company establishes competitive compensations and benefits. And there's various keys and tools that are going to help you get there. Because what you want to do is it's not just enough to get the employees to accept your offer letter and be a part of your company. You have to maintain these employees for the long haul because no one wants a high turnover rate. In the HR field, we despise high turnover rates. And sometimes that does happen. And sometimes it's unavoidable, but we as HR professionals like to get a hold. We like to identify the problem of why 
a company or why a certain section or department is experiencing high turnover rates. And we like to resolve that because while it is our job to hire employees and seek out the qualified candidates, we don't want to keep doing that for the same position over and over and over again within the same amount of time at a certain time of year. And so we would just rather get the right employees in place and keep cultivating them, growing them through promoting from within and having them a part of the company for the long haul, because that should be a part of your corporate culture as well. And so, and I do understand there's some industries where the turnover rate is high. Uh, I've talked with several entrepreneurs that it's just unavoidable. And so you just do what you can um, to continue to create the right corporate culture to attract the right candidates uh, to be a part of your company. So another way to establish the competitive compensation and benefits to attract those employees to your company is like I said, through your pay structure, as well as policies for vacation and sick time, retirement benefits, and also managing your payroll. And so we talked about the pay structure. I posed questions out there to you. Are you doing weekly, biweekly, or semi-monthly? Are you doing a regular paycheck? Are you doing direct deposit? And I told you when you're dealing with the pay structure, while you do need to keep the cost for the business low and you do need to consider your cash flow, I urge you to be considerate of your employees because at the end of the day, the company is not just about you while you are the founder and you are the one that started it. Once you have employees, you should feel some sense of responsibility. I never forget Mrs. Hanks used to always say this. These households are depending upon the success of our company. That was the mindset that she had when it came to her employees was that it wasn't just about that employee within our company, but their household because their income, their household was depending on their income. And so that's how she saw it. And I just urge you as a business owner, don't be a pushover, don't be a softy, but do take into consideration your employees and making things convenient for them. And I definitely say that with the pay structure. So that's the last I'm going to talk about the pay structure. I hope you understand how passionate that is to me. Uh, I will say this, even as the vice president of human resources, I still process payroll because I try to minimize the errors as much as possible because at the end of the day, everybody needs their paycheck. So that is a task and responsibility that we have never turned over to anybody else. I've always been the one to do it. And it's just because I want to make sure that everyone gets paid in a timely manner and they get paid correctly and that there's minimum error on the company's part. So let's move on to benefits. I ended the segment by stating that some benefits are voluntary and some are required by law. And so now this is where some more research comes into play. If you haven't known this by now, one of the major keys to successful business is research, research, research. (laughs) And so, and that keeps you in compliant too. And so compliant and competitive, two major C's. But with the benefits, you need to look at 
your state laws as well to see which benefits are required that you are required to provide. Some are mandatory. The mandatory benefits uh, vary by state by state, but they include workers' compensation. That's not something that you're going to be able to get around. You have to have workers' compensation insurance. You're also going to have to have unemployment insurance. Workers' compensation, while it is while it is mandatory, that is something that you can get with a private company. I encourage you to just look online and see, just type in workers' compensation and the various national companies that, that offer workers' compensation insurance will pop up. Unemployment insurance is according to the state that you have employees in. It's not just the state that you do business in, but the state uh, that you have employees in. So you might, your primary location for business might just be Washington, D.C., but if you have employees that are working remotely in Virginia, North Carolina, you have to have workers, you have to have unemployment insurance in those states as well. And then disability insurance. Disability insurance, to my understanding, is not mandatory, but it varies. There are some states where disability insurance is, and that's you're dealing with your short-term disability insurance and long-term disability insurance. The voluntary benefits are medical, dental, vision, life insurance, and retirement, such as 401k. And what I will say with, with this is that while those are voluntary benefits, I encourage you to get with an insurance broker to find the best insurance carrier that can accommodate the needs of your employees at the best possible rates. It's very tedious. We've been in business for 19 and a half years, and we always revisit this every October when the market opens up for open enrollment. We always revisit it. We don't we don't show a sense of loyalty to just one insurance carrier. Normally we'll stay with an insurance carrier for maybe two or three years, but if they think that they've got us locked in and they jack their rates up, we'll go to the one that has the best customer service at the best rates for our employees, because it's important because as a business, you don't front the whole premium for your employees' health insurance. They're paying a large portion themselves, but you want to make sure that it is affordable. And, and if that includes revisiting it every year and jumping ship to a new plan and changing over to a health, a new um, health carrier, then that's what you have to do. Um, we, we, we've been with about three different ones in the 19 years that we've been around. And there's been some times where we were with one for five years, left them for three years and then went back. It, it just depends. And that, but I, I tell you just to do your research and take that extra time um, just to make sure that you're giving your employees the best rates, um, best affordable rates, especially um, now. Next, I want to talk about a payroll management system. And while I do not agree with HR being outsourced, there are certain functions that I think 
and believe are okay for a business to outsource. And payroll is one of them. If payroll is not something that you feel comfortable with anybody that you have hired taking on that responsibility, or you might've weighed the opportunity cost and, and it is just more beneficial to your business to outsource payroll. There's various payroll companies that you can outsource your actual payroll to. And all you have to do is just get them the reports and they're responsible for um, depositing the money into your employees' accounts at the designated time. I will say one of the disadvantages of doing payroll outsourced as opposed to in-house is when you outsource it, you have to have the money sent over to that particular payroll company. If your payday is on a Friday, you've got to get it to them by Tuesday. If your payroll is on Thursday, you've got to get it to them that Monday before. Whereas if you're doing it in-house, you don't have to worry about that cash flow. It's literally just coming directly out of your your bank account. So that's one thing to consider. But there are also other payroll management systems if you so choose to have someone do it in-house. A lot of times you have different accounting software, which this is a perfect example of departments that interlink with each other with some functions. When you're dealing with payroll and you're looking at a payroll management system, you want to make sure that with the dozens of different payroll management systems, that it is compatible to whatever accounting software you're using as well. And there are some accounting softwares that come with the payroll function. But what you have to do is do your research to find the best management system to fit your particular business. Because once again, it's not a one size fit all. So even within your industry, what might be the industry norm for everybody else to use and go with a certain company might not be within your budget or might not be where your company is at in regards to the growth. So you just have to weigh your opportunity cost once again with that. Another function of HR and one that you're going to have to consider when you're coming up with your HR strategy plan is that HR fosters and maintains employee relationships. And what I mean by that is we all know that employee grievances can and do happen. While we do our best to create a harmonious, harmonious environment and, and want everything to be picture perfect, Disagreements do happen, conflict does happen, and your approach to any situation is key. And, and the key to that is having established policies in place to handle complaints. And once you develop these policies, it's the best way to communicate that is by making sure that this is one of the policies that is in your employee handbook, which I also had touched on in the first segment, when I talked about sexual harassment uh, um, policies, as well as the other various policies that you would have in your particular employee handbook, 
but this would be one of them. And you, what you need to do is you have to be prepared to address any employee concerns by outlining your business standards of conduct. That's first and foremost. That should be at the beginning of your employee handbook so that people understand, okay, this business, this is their standard, and this is what they expect. Also have an employee code of conduct so that they know how you expect them to conduct themselves while they are on the clock and while they are at your business establishment. You also have to create a plan to address the issues. What is the protocol? Who do I go to if I have a grievance? Is it something that I, I, ver I do verbally? Is it something that I need to express verbally and then write down and file a complaint? You also have to establish a system for gathering employee feedback. And you have to have this all mapped out. Don't wait for the situation to arise to try to prepare how you're going to handle it. You should already be ready to handle this so that when it comes, you just tell them and refer them, hey, I need you to do this and I need you to get your supervisor's signature, or I need you to take this straight to HR. And, and it's, the, it's the same with anything. That's why I said it's important to have an organization chart or a, a hierarchy chart so that they know who, where the buck starts and, and how it's going to flow. And also you walk them through the process and say, okay, well, this is what you've completed and these are the next steps. And it's not just even with employee grievances, you have to do this for workers' comp. If someone falls on the job, you have to have policies and procedures set up for how to report the incident. Because you're going to have to have all that paperwork and that paper trail when you're, when you're submitting the claim to the insurance company. And then you also need to have the steps lap, mapped out. Okay, well, you've already submitted your, your report. Now HR will submit their claim and then you should be hearing from this particular representative. And it's not even just that as well. I know for short-term disability, you have to have that set up as well. So it's best to have the policies, the protocols and the procedures ready so that it's an easy process and one that the employee is not confused about. Along with addressing employee concerns or situations that may arise, you should take an individualized approach to employee engagement to maintain relationships. I always tell our employees, it's, it's to, to the employee, it's only one of them, but to the HR department, it's numerous amount of employees. But what you have to do when you hire an HR professional and when you create your HR department is you have to create that environment that, that the employee is not just a number in the company, that you actually value them as an individual and you're there to help them uh, with their needs and assist them in whatever is going on. You have to consider employee engagement and satisfaction because 
employee satisfaction is it it's in the it's in the line and it's in the the stage of creating it's like that domino effect employee satisfaction cultivates great employee productivity a happier employee is going to make for a a more productive employee and it's going to help continue to create and foster a harmonious environment if you have employees that are not satisfied then that's going to lead to unhappiness and that's going to lead to lower productivity which is going to that's going to infringe on the success and the output of the business you don't want employees to become disengaged from their work you don't want employees to dread being in the office environment for 8 hours a day employees need to know their purpose in your organization they need to know that they have there's meaning in their work and that they'll be able to gain skills to do their job well which leads me into my next segment of developing training programs and performance management methods because it's not just enough to get these qualified candidates within your company and keep them within your company but how are you guys going to grow together because a company is only as successful as the employees that work for it now at hanks hanks and associates we do value training we value training because we like to promote from within that is the first stop when we have management positions that become available we don't go outside to hire we look within first and if we don't have anybody qualified within then i kind of take that personal because it's like why don't we have anybody qualified to promote from within you should always have someone qualified to promote from within and if you don't then you should take that personal and realize that you have to go back to the drawing board with your training program and it's just it just fosters remember because we're we're trying to create a great corporate a corporate culture and one way to create corporate culture is from promoting from within allowing workers to know employees to know that there's always room for growth because why do employees leave most jobs for better job opportunities i hear it all the time when i'm interviewing that is always one of my last questions why are you looking to leave your current situation 75% of the time they're looking for a better job opportunity because they've reached a ceiling at their current company and there's no room for growth you should always want employees in your corner that are looking to grow that aren't looking to stay stagnant and stay at the same level because if they're looking to grow and they're willing to grow then that means that your company has the potential to grow not just you doing it on your own but other people helping you grow your company as well training employees and evaluating their performance may not be your top priority but it is an important part of setting up your hr department you have to make sure you are allowing employees to grow and develop their skills 
and providing them with appropriate feedback for improvement. One of our policies and, and one of our business acumen is we do annual performance evaluations. We normally do it on the employee's anniversary or around that time. And we take that time and we do a, a survey that the employee's direct supervisor fills out, measuring their attendance, their organization skills, their teamwork ability, their leadership skills, their client relationship skills. It's about six or seven different areas that they're measured on. And so the manager fills out the evaluation, writes them, and then we, at the end, give the manager time to uh, put in their a paragraph about what the employee means to that particular department. And so then we have the, the employee performance evaluation and it's about 30 minutes, but we don't just bring that person in and just say, hey, this is what your manager said. No, what we like to do is we, we bring them in, we ask them how everything has been going on their job, as well as, you know, do they have the right resources and tools? Do they feel like they're successful? You know, how do, are there any areas of their job that they, they feel like they need to be trained on? Are there certain opportunities that they would like to take advantage of? What is their career track? You know, are they on the current path that they would like to, are they on the correct path they would like to be on? And then we get into the, the actual performance evaluation. So you have to not just give them feedback, but receive feedback as well. And these are the most wonderful conversations that I've had with our employees is their, their annual evaluations, because you're giving them feedback on how they can be a better employee. And they're giving you feedback on how you can be a better employer and what they need to continue to flourish in their job. And so these you need to keep in your personnel files. So this, you are adding extra work onto everybody. And you also need to make sure that your performance evaluation process has been established and it's clear. And so then you also too want to make sure that you leave them on a high note in providing training or performance improvement plans. And so that's going to wrap up today's episode. I still have a few more points to hit on for our human resource department, as well as touch on setting up other departments. So next week we will have a business essentials part three. So thank you for tuning in. And I hope that you enjoy these nuggets. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in this week to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host, Precious Hanks Carter, will be back next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. That's noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel as we feature another edition of the program. We'll talk business success again soon.